This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Right. Always a pleasure to be here. Hey, let me recap real quick. The last few weeks, we've been in this series titled Unlock, and Pastor Byron has talked about generosity. And we've looked at the beginning of generosity is the tithe. Now, the tithe is just this mathematical term that means 10%. And we've looked at supporting verses from God's word that says, listen, the tithe belongs to God. So he gives us the opportunity to give back that first 10% to him as an act of worship. And so we, we want to make sure that everybody in the life of C3 understands the blessings that are associated with the tithe and that when we put God first, he joins us in that area. And so we used Malachi 3 verses 9 and 10 as kind of a jumping off point. And God says in those verses that if you will bring the whole tithe, all 10%, into the storehouse. Now, the storehouse is just kind of the Old Testament version of the local church. So if you'll bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, whole tithe into the church, it's the only place, the only place in the Bible that God says, test me in this. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour down so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. That is the kind of life that our Heavenly Father desires for us, to be in that blessable place, to invite the provision and protection of God into our lives when we are generous, when we are just giving back what he has so graciously given us. And so that starts with the tithe, that first 10%. Then we looked at last week some generosity, so some opportunities maybe for sacrificial giving. And, and I want to make sure that everyone, maybe you missed the last two weeks, maybe you were here and haven't signed up, but you want to be a part of it. Man, we want to give you a chance to be a part of the 90-day tithe challenge. And so basically, we want everyone to experience those blessings. So here's what we're offering. If, if you will commit to tithe for 90 days, and if for some reason at the end of those 90 days, you do not feel like, sense that God blessed you, that you stepped into his provision and protection, we will refund every single dollar that you gave in those 90 days. And Pastor Byron last week said, I'll throw in an extra $100 too. We believe in this so much. We know God is going to use this. We've heard the stories about how God has used this in people's lives. We've heard um, one story last week. Someone was talking about how they literally hit submit on the 90-day tithe challenge and within seconds got two emails business opportunities that he hadn't gotten in a long time. So God sometimes moves immediately. Some of you, you told stories about unexpected income in the last few weeks, but some of you, it hasn't been maybe a tangible financial blessing. It's just been this confidence and this peace that you finally feel knowing that you've stepped into God's protection and provision. The tithe is a powerful thing. So if you want to be a part of that, if you will just text STEP, text the word STEP, to 407-559-6767. You can sign up for the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. We would love for you to step in to that kind of blessing. And, and again, we've heard the stories, and I love that Pastor Byron had a chance to share his story a few weeks ago about how early on he didn't make the tithe a priority. But once he made it a priority, God totally blessed their lives. So for me and Amanda, our story's a little bit different. 
we grew up in the church, um, and we grew up hearing about the tithe, being taught the tithe. But not only did we hear about it, we grew up in families where it was modeled for us. And so when we got married, it wasn't even a point of discussion. We just knew that we were going to tithe. And so we've been married for 20 plus years, and as we look back, it is amazing how God has blessed us, sometimes in small ways and sometimes in really big ways. And I want to share one of those really big ways. It was 2008, we've got three children, and at that time, our kids were six, four, and we had Jackson, who had just turned one. And it was our desire to make sure that Amanda could stay home when our kids were younger. And so we'd been doing this for six years, and we were getting to the point where our budget was getting pretty stretched. Like, now that we had a third child, this was getting challenging. And so as much as we didn't want her to have to go back to work full-time, we had to start having those discussions. And so we're having these conversations. We know we still have to pay for childcare too, so we're trying to weigh how are we going to make this work. But we knew we were running out of money, and we just couldn't find the money in our budget. About that same time, we got word that my Uncle Joe, who is my great uncle, lives in Atlanta. He was the CEO and founder of one of the largest chicken companies in America, that he had passed away. And Uncle Joe and Aunt Carrie were two of my favorite people in all the world. Like, they were so generous, so nice. I grew up going to their home in Atlanta. I learned to uh, water ski on Lake Lanier. Uncle Joe would drive the boat. You just always felt safe, always felt comfortable in their presence. So about a month later, after we're kind of heartbroken over this news, I get this letter in the mail, and it's from the estate of Joseph Hatfield. And I'm like, why are we getting a letter? So I open it, and I realize... We are in his will. And I'm like, have you ever done those family tree-like projects with your kids? Maybe you've done it. You've got the poster board, and you start with the grandparents or whoever, and you kind of work your way down. Remember, I'm the great nephew. Like, I don't even make it on the poster board. Like, he has got an extended family. There's a lot of people in this family, and I'm way over here in the corner. But again, Aunt Carrie and Uncle Joe, they were a different kind of generous. Well, we kept reading. And we found out that for the next four years, we were going to be receiving a check. And that check was almost the exact amount of the difference between Amanda going back full time and us having to pay for childcare. And so God just has a way of wanting and desiring to bless his children. And we will never forget that moment. Amanda was able to stay home for a little while longer than she was able to just go back part-time, and then when Jackson started school, back full-time. And so, man, we know that God blesses. But listen, we spent the last two weeks talking about the 10%, talking about how that belongs to God, the blessings associated with that. But did you know the Bible? The Bible talks more about the other 90%, our money and our possessions, more than any other subject. If you were to add up all the verses on prayer, all the verses on communion, all the verses on baptism, it still doesn't come close to the amount of verses where God deals with our money and our possessions. And see, this is what fires me up so much, because if we, if we can get the 10% right, make sure we're bringing that back to God as an act of worship, and then we understand the 90%, we understand the instructions, the promises, the warnings that he's given us for the other 90%, Man, it puts us in a place where we can live a life of significance, where we can experience the abundant life that God has for us. And so this morning, I want to spend a few minutes looking at the other 90%, the rest of the story. What does God say about the money that he has given us 
to manage. And that is an important perspective because we can't have the view that, oh, the 10% is God's and then the 90% is all ours. No, the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That means that other 90% is still God's. And he's given us the opportunity, us the privilege of managing that 90%. So we're going to look at what God's word says. But before we do, let me ask a question. How many of you have ever done something stupid with money? Just raise your hand. Should be everybody, right? You live long enough to have money. You've made a stupid money decision. Maybe you purchased a house you shouldn't have. Maybe you went on vacation when you couldn't afford it. Maybe you leased a car you shouldn't have leased. Whatever it might be, we've all been there. We've all made some dumb financial decisions. But I want you to feel better this morning about your dumb financial decision. How many of you have heard of Laszlo Hanyez? Anybody? I'm going to tell you about Laszlo. Laszlo lives in South Florida. He's a computer software engineer. And in 2010, he was one of the early adopters, early investors in cryptocurrency. And so Laszlo invested in Bitcoin very early on. And Laszlo thought it would be cool to be the first person to use cryptocurrency or Bitcoin to actually purchase something that was tangible. Before this, this was all like digital currency, digital transactions online. You couldn't buy anything tangible with Bitcoin. So he goes on one of these message boards and says, listen, if anyone will order me two large pizzas from Papa John's and have it delivered to my home, I'm going to offer 10,000 Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin has been in the news quite a bit lately, cryptocurrency. It's gone through a season of pretty strong devaluation. But remember, this is 2010. Would you like to know how much 10,000 Bitcoin is worth today? $165 million. That is how much Laszlo paid for his two Papa John's pizzas. $165 million. Now, I know you've made some mistakes, but you probably have not made a $165 million mistake when it comes to money. Listen, I, I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your history is. I don't know where you are financially. It doesn't really matter because what we're going to talk about today, these are universal principles. They are going to help you get on the right path to finding and experiencing the financial freedom that God has for every single person. So whether you've got an hourly job, whether you make 30000 a year, 300000 a year, $3 million a year, these principles, if you apply them to your life, they are going to make a huge difference. So we're going to look at two categories. We're going to look at now. What do we need to do now with our finances? And then we're going to talk about what we need to do then. How do we prepare for our future? So when it comes to now, I do a lot of financial coaching, and the question that I get most often is, Barry, where do I start? I feel like there is so much when it comes to my finances. I feel like there's so much that's out of control. I feel like I'm juggling all of these plates, and I don't know how to keep them in the air. So what I'd like to do is we need to determine what plates do we need to make sure that we have to catch, and which ones can we let just hit the ground? Which ones does God's word tell us to focus on? So when it comes to our now, when we look at our financial situation that's right in front of us, what do we need to do first? Well, Paul tells us in this letter to Timothy, Timothy was like his apprentice in the faith. He's kind of preparing Timothy for a life of ministry. And so he writes this letter to him and listen to what he tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Pretty strong words from Paul. But what he's trying to communicate to Timothy is, listen, your first financial priority is your family. 
You have been called to take care of your family. And you have been called, most importantly, to take care of your immediate family, those that are under your roof, those that are, that are in your household. That is your responsibility. So how do we do that? What does that look like today? Well, today that means we need to provide shelter, we need to provide clothing, we need to provide food, and we need to provide transportation. So how do we do that in the context of our family? Well, the answer, the answer is found in that six-letter B word that we all love to hate, a budget. We have to budget. We have to know what is coming in, how much money do we have in income, and we have to know what is going out. We have to have a plan when it comes to our money. And I know that word budget, it sounds cold, it's corporate sounding, like it doesn't inspire greatness. So come up with another name. Call it your personal financial plan or personal financial strategy. Whatever you want to call it, we've got to figure out how do we get tabs on the resources that God has given us so we can make sure we position ourselves for financial win, for a financial win, to win with God's money. And so the first thing you've got to do, and actually, you know, I want to make sure you understand that Jesus was a big fan of budgets. Check out what he says in Luke. He's about to tell a parable to the crowds, and he starts with this rhetorical question. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Now, again, this is a rhetorical question. Jesus did not anticipate an answer from the crowd because he knew the answer was obvious. Of course, if you're going to build a tower, you're going to make sure you've got the money to do it. Of course, you're going to estimate the costs to make sure you can complete it. Okay, so now let me give you the Barry Leathers modern-day version of that verse. It's this. Suppose one of you wants to get through the month. Won't you first sit down and estimate the costs to see if you have enough money to complete it? See, we live in a world that says, hey, don't worry about it. You can kind of fly by the seat of your pants. If you're a little high one month, just put it on a credit card. That is not God's plan for our life. He wants to make sure that what we have coming in is more than what we have coming out. And we're going to talk about why that's so important a little bit later. So how do you budget? Some of you, maybe you've got this down, but for others, like you've never done a budget. The first thing you have to do is you've got to be able to spend a month and track your expenses. Many of you can't even start to make a budget because you have no idea where your money's going. So if I were to ask you, hey, on average, how much do you spend eating out? How much do you spend on groceries? How much do you spend on gas? How much do you spend on Amazon? Most of you don't know the answer to that question because you've never tracked it. So before you even start to make a budget, you've got to track your expenses for a month. And then once you have kind of a baseline, then you can establish a budget, but then you've got to do the budget every single month. Why? Because every single month is different. I promise you, your December, especially this December, is going to look very different than your March. You got Christmas to prepare for. You got Christmas gifts to buy. December is going to look different. I promise you, August is going to look different than February because your kids are going to roll out of their room ready to start school and their jeans are going to look like capris and you got to buy some, you got to buy some new clothes for your kids. You got you to get some school supplies. You might have a wife who likes to get her hair highlighted. Well, when that time comes, like you got a budget for that. There's a number of things that are going to be different every month. And so we need to be prepared and make sure that we do a budget every single month. Now, my wife and I try to make this as fun as possible. I'm just like you. I don't enjoy a budget meeting. But we try to go to one of our favorite restaurants, maybe a coffee shop, bring our computers, and at least we get a little bit of fun while we're doing the budget. But it's so critical that we know what's coming in 
and we assign every single dollar a name. We assign every single dollar so it knows exactly where it's going. We know where it's going. We want to make sure that we've got a plan when it comes to God's money. Now, you don't have to be some spreadsheet expert to be able to track your expenses. There are a number of digital tools out there that make this so easy now. So I'm going to throw two of them on the screen for you. The first is Mint.com. That's the one my wife and I have used for over 10 years. It's a free service. You have to deal with a few ads, but it's a great service. It will track all of your expenses for you. You can create a budget. Once you get everything in place, literally it takes you 10 minutes a month to make sure you've got everything categorized correctly. Great service. If you want a more premium service, you can do everydollar.com. That's from Ramsey Solutions. So you'll pay a small monthly fee. You won't have ads, and it will take care of everything for you. Same deal. Track your expenses, categorize them for you. It is a great service. So make sure, make sure you track those expenses and make sure you have a financial plan for the money that God has entrusted you with. So once we've got our budget in place, once we're not spending any more than we're bringing in, the second important plate to catch is we've got to pay off our debt. For the rest of the time, I'm going to be addressing some verses in Proverbs. And Proverbs is such an amazing book, full of wisdom. It was written by King Solomon, considered to be the wisest person that ever lived. And there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So if you want some more wisdom in your life, if you will read a proverb a day every single month, you'll be able to read through it 12 times and you will have some wisdom. And the reason Solomon wrote all of these Proverbs down, he was actually writing it for his son. So his son would know what it takes to make sure you could experience the abundant life. So listen to what he says. When it comes to debt, he says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Pretty powerful words again. The borrower is slave to the lender. Now, when it comes to your life in Jesus, he does not want you slave to anything. He wants you to experience freedom. And listen, when you have debts, when you are beholden to somebody else, you owe somebody else money, you are essentially their slave. That's what Solomon's saying. And listen, if you don't believe that, try missing a credit card payment, a car payment, two or three months in a row. See what happens. Here's what's not going to happen. I've never heard I've never heard of a credit card company or finance company. You miss a few payments, they call you on the phone and say, hey, Mr. Smith, hey, man, is everything going okay? Man, we've just really been worried and concerned about you. Like, we've noticed that you haven't made a few payments. Is there anything we can do to help? Maybe we waive the interest fees. Uh, you, you know, maybe we'll waive the late fees. What, what, what can we do to help you? Hey, can we offer you some free financial counseling? I anything we can do to help? That will never happen. See, these credit card companies, finance companies, they do not care about you personally. I mean, they care about your money. They want your money, but they do not care about what's going on in your life. And so they will come after you. They will sue you. We do not want to be in that position. We want to make sure that we're in a position that we are in control of our finances, that we can manage God's money in a way that we can win. Here's what it looks like for the average household. Maybe you're a little bit more. Maybe you're a little bit less. But for the average household today, they've got $15,000 in credit card debt, $30,000 in vehicle debt. And I'm not even talking about student loans. Let me just whisper that number to you. If you have student loans, the average household, it's $40,000. So that's $85,000 in debt just for the average. But let's, let's remove student loans. Let's just pretend we're doing a little bit better than average, that we just got the $45,000 in debt. 
do you know that works out to about $700 a month? $700 a month that is not available in your budget. $700 a month that is not available to you to make a difference, to find financial freedom. And so Solomon is instructing his son, hey, listen, don't go into debt. And if you are into debt, aggressively come up with a plan to pay it off. Man, imagine, imagine freeing up $700, $1,000, dollars a month in income because you have paid off debt. And then imagine the freedom that you feel when you are not beholden to anyone else. Now listen, I do want to make a clarification. There is a difference in consumer debt, which is what we're talking about. This is debt that's really not backed by an appreciating asset. So if you buy a car, you finance it for whatever, six or eight years, whatever you can do now, that car is going to depreciate. And it will depreciate faster than your loan amount depreciates. Not a good investment. Your house is different. So I want to make sure there's a different category for the mortgage. That's one of those plates that we're going to let drop. I would encourage you at some point, like make a priority to pay down your mortgage, but we are not going to worry about that right now. We want to focus on the consumer debt and get that paid off. Okay, so we've got our budget in place. We know how much is coming in. We've assigned every dollar a name, and we've got a plan to aggressively pay off our debt. What's the third thing we've got to do right now? The third thing is you've got to take a look at your relationships. Without fail, when I do financial counseling and I find someone who's had a, a history of struggles when it comes to finances, I can almost always point to their friends and point to their family. When it comes to your money, you need to have people around you that care about you, that love you, that will encourage you when it comes to doing money God's way, that will model that for you. Some of you have got friends that are like, hey, yeah, man, just put the trip on the credit card. It's no problem. We can pay it off later. Or you would look really good in that car. Go ahead and finance it for eight years. I mean, you deserve it. We don't need those people in our life. We need people that are helping us win with money, that are helping us step into a place where God can bless, where we can experience financial freedom. Now, for some of you in your family, like you can't get away from them, but you can set some boundaries. You can make sure that the voices that are speaking into your life when it comes to money are people that are winning with money, people that can help you. And listen, um, if you are college, high school, young, single, we're going to have a conversation real quick. Everybody else can listen, but this is for you guys. When it comes to relationships, this principle is so critical when it comes to who you marry, whoever your future spouse is. Number one, your future spouse needs to love Jesus. Like, make that priority number one. But number two, you need to make sure you guys are on the same page when it comes to doing money God's way. I've seen it over and over again, and you can look at every divorce survey there is. Number one or number two for the reason we got divorced is almost always finances. I love what Dave Ramsey says. He says, marriage is grand, but divorce is 50 grand. And you can talk to people in this room that will definitely... Say a big amen to that. When it comes to the most important relationship in your life, please make sure that that is a priority. And listen, they don't need to be financially perfect. They don't need to be out of debt, whatever. They just need to be moving the right direction. They need to be heading towards God when it comes to the finances. So make sure, man, free advice. Just make sure you make that a priority when it comes to who you marry. Okay, so we've got our relationships in place. We've got our budget in place. We've paid off our debt. Now we're in a position we can take a look up and start to plan for the future. And God has a lot to say about what we need to do for the future. Let's go back to Solomon. One of the things he tells his son is in Proverbs 21.20. 20, 
And it says, the wise store up choice food in olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. There's going to be emergencies. Solomon is saying, listen, emergencies are coming. You have got to plan for them. Again, Barry Leather's version. The wise save for emergencies, but the fools live paycheck to paycheck. Now, in Solomon's day, those emergencies might be they have a weather event and it messes up their crops, or they have a locust swarm and it totally kills their crops, or they've got to go off to war and they can't manage their crops. He knew that emergencies were coming. He didn't know when, he didn't know how, but he knew they were coming. And so he's telling his son, make sure you are planned for emergencies. For us, it's a little bit different, right? But we know at some point the car is going to break down. We know at some point the AC is going to go. We know at some point we're going to have to repair our roof. We know at some point maybe one of your daughters is going to lose control of a golf cart and run into an iron fence and you're going to have to pay for it. I know that's a very specific example, but maybe that happened to me. The emergencies, emergencies are going to happen. You don't know what form they're going to take, but it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so to be prepared for that, Solomon's telling his son, man, store up, store up some food. Make sure you're prepared for when that day comes. Same deal for us, man. We need to store up some cash to make sure that when an emergency comes, we're not going to stress about it. So what I would recommend, what Dave Ramsey recommends, is three to six months of expenses just saved in a savings account. It's like your mini insurance policy. Now imagine the freedom that comes with that. If you've got twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars just sitting in a savings account, and all of a sudden your car breaks and you need a new car, no big deal. You've got the money. Just write a check. No stress. No problems. Someone in your family ends up in the hospital and you get a $5,000 hospital bill. No big deal. You write the check. Stress gone. But if you are living paycheck to paycheck, when those emergencies come, it adds stress. It adds anxiety, right? Like it puts ourselves in a position where we can't get ahead. We can't win with money. So once we've got our now figured out, the first thing we've got to do for our then is make sure we have saved for emergencies. Then secondly, we've got to save for retirement. We've got to save for our future. And I, I do want to make a clarification here. At some point, you are going to get to the place physically, like you're going to lose vigor and intensity, and you're not going to be able to work the amount of hours that you work right now. At some point, you're going to have to retire from your career. Might be physical, might be mental, what have you. You're not going to have that steady stream of income coming in anymore. And so you have to prepare for that period of time. And so the way you do that is you save for retirement. Now, I'm going to talk about biblical retirement in just a second, so just hold that thought. But when it comes to retirement, we've got to start early and we've got to be consistent. Again, college students, high school students, let's have a chat. If I could sit down with every 25-year-old in America and I could tell them to do one thing, this is what I would tell them to do. If you will save $200 a month starting at age 25, all the way until you're 65 years old. So we're not even increasing it because you got a raise or whatever. We're starting with the bare minimum, $200 a month. Most of you guys can find that if you cut your cable and cut your Starbucks, $200 a month. Every single month until you're 65. If you do that, if you do that, you will have $1.7 million when you retire. Plenty. You, you will be just fine. And that is, again, not even increasing the amount for 40 years. Now check this out. If you are 20 years old, you start just five years earlier. 
So instead of 25, we're going to start putting $200 a month away at age 20. You go to 65, you know you will have over $3 million just from starting five years earlier. That is the power of compound interest. That is the power of time when it comes to your retirement. Okay, back to everybody. Now, some of you 40-plus, 50-plus-year-old people out there are going, great, Barry, that would have been awesome to know 30 years ago. Thanks for sharing. Hey, listen, the, the point is not to make you feel bad. The point is to help you understand the power of time. Like, you got to start now. The earlier you start, the more opportunity you give that money to grow. And if you will start early and be consistent, man, you will definitely set yourself up for a life of financial freedom. If we do all of that, it will put us in a position for the last and final thing that God has called us to do. Now, I told you I was going to come back to retirement. You will definitely retire from your career or your job, whatever that might be. But there is no place in Scripture, no support for retirement from God's calling or God's purpose on your life. Nowhere. We might retire from a job, but we do not retire from our calling from our mission, from our purpose. As long as there is air in your lungs, God has a purpose for your life. And listen, if we've done all that we've talked about this morning with the 90%, this is what it's going to mean for your life. You've done a budget, you're out of debt, you've got good people around you, you've saved for emergencies, you have saved for retirement. And instead of just $200 a month, my recommendation would be 10 to 15% of your income. If you do that, you are going to be sitting there at age 65, age 70, whenever you decide to retire, with four, five, eight, ten million dollars. Which brings me to that last point, which is you are going to be in a position to give like you've never given before. We've spent these last two weeks talking about the tithe that comes off the top. We've talked about opportunities for generous giving, for sacrificial giving. But now you've positioned yourself, man, we're talking to make a life-changing difference in people's lives. So imagine if you're there, you're at retirement, you got $6 million sitting in the bank, and you hear of a young couple who is trying to adopt, and they can't afford the thirty dollars or $40,000 in legal fees to go through the adoption process. But you know what you can do? You can write a check and totally cover it for them. Imagine if you hear of a single mom who gets laid off. You find out, where she pays her mortgage, you find out what her utility bill is, and you write a check and you just cover it for a year for her to help her get back on her feet. Maybe you have a heart or passion for people that are coming out of prison and, and you want to help them get, get a fair start back in life. You can support organizations that do that. You could start an organization that does that. When you have done money God's way, not only does it position you under God's protection and provision, under his blessings, one of the greatest financial blessings you will ever experience is to be in a position where you can bless others. And that is God's call in our life, right? Sometimes it comes in a financial form. Sometimes it comes in another form. But as long as we're alive, we don't retire from God's calling. And we want to position ourselves to experience God's absolute best for our lives and to make sure that we can be a blessing for others. So here's what we're going to do at C3. You heard Byron say the last few weeks that, man, we, we want something for you. We do not want something from you. And so we are going to offer 
free one-on-one financial coaching to anyone that signed up for the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. We had an opportunity this morning just to kind of scratch the surface. I gave you a brief outline, but maybe you've got a specific example or issue in your life. Maybe you've never done a budget. You need some help preparing that. Maybe you're like, great, yes, I want to pay off my debt, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to form a strategy for that. Maybe you have no idea when it comes to retirement. You don't know what a 401k is or the difference between a Roth IRA and a regular IRA. Whatever it might be, we want to help you. Um, I do financial coaching. It is one of my favorite things in all the world is to come alongside people, help them learn how God wants to encourage them in the 90% and to bless them. And so if you want to take advantage of that, if you will just text, you can text COACH to the number on the screen, 407-559-6767. You're going to get a link and it's going to be a link to my calendar. I've opened up some dates the end of this month, some in December, some in January. Whatever works for you, we will sit down and meet with you absolutely free, and we will help you come up with a game plan. Because again, we we know the blessings that are on the other side of this, and we want to do everything we can to help you. And listen, if you're Spanish-speaking, we have got an individual in our church that also does financial coaching, and he does it in Spanish. And so on December 3rd, right here in this building, he's going to hold a financial seminar in Spanish. So if you're Spanish-speaking, if you've got family that's Spanish-speaking that you know can take advantage of this, take a picture of this slide. If you go to that website, you can register for his seminar absolutely free. And again, he's going to give you everything you need to do money God's way. Listen, we, we want the absolute best for you, and we know this stuff works. We know God delights in blessing his children. If you've come this morning prepared to give, there's a number of ways you can do that. You can scan the QR code on the seat in front of you. That'll take you to our safe and secure giving site. If you prefer to give cash and check, we've got red give boxes in the back. You can drop those in there. However you choose to give, man, it's making a difference. And if you're a part of C3, you got an email from Pastor Byron this week. He talked about it the last few weeks. But it was a video message talking about our end of the year or our Thanksgiving offering. So we're starting that this Sunday, and we're going through the end of the month. And we're asking you to join our staff, to join Pastor Byron and Angie in making a special gift over and above the tithe for the end of uh, November, which is Thanksgiving. Um, And the reason we're doing that, twofold, we want to make sure that we start 2023 in a great place to continue to connect the community with Christ. If you've been a part of C3, especially for the last few months, you've noticed the growth. Um, You notice we're starting to run out of chairs. There's a number of things that we have planned for 2023, and we want to be in the best position possible to continue to reach our community. It's also Giving Tuesday, the Tuesday after um, Black Friday. And what a better way, instead of pouring our money into plastic crap that's going to break down, what if we were able to make an investment, an internal investment in the church? And so we're going to give you an opportunity to do that through the end of November for our special Thanksgiving offering. So we hope you can join us in that. Listen, Pastor Byron is going to be back next Sunday. We have got a very special and unique service plan for Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to be taking communion. It is going to be amazing. I hope you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving with friends and family, and we will see you next Sunday. Thank you so much for watching with us this morning. If you would like to be a part of this life-changing movement and give, you can go to giveC3.cc 
CC or text C3 Orlando to 77977. And we want to thank you for your faithful generosity. And if you're in Central Florida, please join us Sunday mornings, 930 or 11 a.m. in person. Have a great week.